message is part of the media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. Hey, I'm Jeff. Um, I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, Pastor Bobby is taking a day off to enjoy some time with family and uh, just trying to recuperate from, uh, from the chaos of the past several weeks. Um, if you have a bulletin, if you're not getting emails, um, or if you're a guest of ours today, all we ask in your bulletin, um, there's a little piece right here, just fill it out, tear it off. There's a wood box in the back. That is your offering to us today. Um, we, we, we believe the reason we have a box in the back, we believe that offering should be of the heart. It should be a joyous occasion. You should want to do it. That's why we don't pass a plate to try to convict anybody, to guilt anybody into doing something they don't want to do. Um, so there's a wooden box in the back, and that's where if you're a guest or you're not receiving weekly emails, um, please just fill this out. I won't wake you up today. Um, and uh, we'd just love to know more about you and how we can pray for you. Uh, funny thing is, so some of you see the, the second entrance into the building um, that's been there since Christmas Eve. So... Um, I had the, the privilege, I, I was blessed with the opportunity to preach that day, um, twice that day, and uh, it didn't turn out so well for the church, um, and uh, I don't know what, why, Lord, you, you do. Um, so this morning, we uh, usually we bring one car to church, but today we had to drive two cars because after we leave here, um, we have a group coming to pack backpacks for the community. Um, so Sherry was leaving first, and she goes out, and she, she pulls out. And lo and behold, she starts pushing the button to close the garage door. And I haven't pulled out yet. So I came like this close to taking out the garage door before we got to preach today. So uh, I don't know what that is, all right? Um, but Holy Spirit, you're welcome, brother. Um, because it, and she just stopped in the middle of the road and just was giggling and laughing, just like out of sheer, probably panic. She's pushing the button as fast as she can, hoping it will go back up. Um, (coughs) but the Lord did stop Rory and I before we crashed through the garage door and made a second entrance into our house, just like I tried to make a second entrance into the church. Um, that's not the topic of the sermon today. That's just that's a caveat. That's a, that's the cherry on top today. Um, but speaking of serve, we're going to talk about serving today. But some of y'all saw in the foyer uh, a raft, a boat, um, a little dinghy, um, whatever terminology you want to use. But uh, VBS is coming up, and, and that boat's going to be in the foyer. And when our teachers give us supply lists, we're going to hand them out, and we're going to put them in the bulletin. And uh, that boat will be the location for everyone to turn in their supplies so we can be the lighthouse in this community, so we can love on the community through VBS, and so we can share the good news of the gospel. Um, so if you, when you walk out today, if you see a boat over there on the left, don't freak out. It's not because we thought it was going to rain for 40 days and that was going to be the way we were going to get everybody out of church today. Um, but we're going to continue the series based on John uh, 3.30 that Bobby's been preaching on uh, over these past several weeks. And uh, he must increase, so I must decrease, right? And uh, that sounds pretty simple. We're going to talk about serving others today. And we all love serving. We, we do, right? 
Maybe not. Um, but we're, there's some good examples, great examples of how we need to serve others more and serve ourselves less. Um, so this week, and if I start coughing, I apologize. Um, I got some calls here in case I need to, to really stop it in some water. Um, this week we lost a, a great man. Um, Billy Graham passed away at 99 years old. Um, and uh, I was just talking to, to someone this week, and, and did we really lose him? Right? Is he really gone? Um, and when we think about it, his legacy and his examples will live forever. Right? And, and when we think about that, what a life of service he led. Obviously, he wasn't doing it for himself. He was doing it for the kingdom. And, uh, but man, what a life of service he led. And I, I think, I, think it, it, I don't believe you would find one person, anyone. A believer, a non-believer, somebody that's in the middle that could say otherwise about Billy's life. I don't think anyone can say a negative thing about him, right? And his life of service, his 99 years here on earth, man, what a run he had. So when you hear the words to serve or serve others, what do you think about? What comes to mind? When you hear the word to serve, what comes to mind? It's okay, we can talk. It's a sacrifice, okay. Say again. Give, okay. I'm hard of hearing, so. Meeting other people at their point of need, okay. What else? Anybody else? Humility, okay. Those are great. I like those. I didn't have them in my notes. Um, and, and so Christ should be our ultimate example, role model for what we're serving looks like today, tomorrow, and forever. Right? Christ served out of a purity of heart. He did it because he loved us. He had no other motive. So think about it. God is God. Christ is, is God. And he didn't get like super God status, right? He didn't get another stripe on his belt. He didn't get superstar. He didn't get a, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, right? Because he was already God. So think about that. He didn't have anything to gain by serving us, by loving us, by giving all for us. Because he was already the creator of all. He was the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's a great counselor. He's the wonderful healer. Because he loved us and wanted the best for us. So think about this. Your BHAG goal. What if, as Christ followers, what if we as Christ followers wanted the best and loved those around us? So think about that. What if, as Christ followers, we wanted the best and loved those around us like Christ loves us? What would our community, what would the church look like? I jumped ahead. What would the church look like if we loved and wanted the best for our brother? 
right? We should want that now. But fast forward a little bit. What would our community look like if our churches were like that? Man, that would be awesome, right? So we're going to look at several scriptures today um, to see what it, what it talks about. So the first one is going to come out of John John 13, 12 through 17. Um, John 13, 12 through 17 is where we're going to start today. So if you have your Bible, you can look at it. If you have your phone, you can look at it. Uh, if not, it's going to be right here on the board. Um, but let's, let's look at it. I'll try to... Usually I've been looking at it in the back. But after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord. You are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. So in, so in this time, in John, Jesus' time was, on earth was coming to an end, and he wanted his disciples to know how much he loved them, and they were to treat others that they met when they were out sharing the good news of the gospel, how they were to treat others. Right? So if you, if you think about this scenario, they were about to eat, Usually what happened is they came in, there'd be a slave or a servant there to wash their feet as they came in. They had sandals on, they didn't have nice paved roads, they didn't have sidewalks, they walked in the dirt and the mud all day, so their feet were pretty dirty, right? And so Jesus flipped the script and said it didn't happen, so during dinner he gets up to show humility and show what serving looks like. Right? So this morning, Sherry, would you come here for a minute? So when we think about when we think about what we are doing, right? When we think about what we're doing and why we're doing it, everybody should understand. And for Jesus, he knew his time on earth was coming to an end. And so for him, he took his disciples' feet and he washed them. Not to say he was any better, any worse, but to show him, show them the love and the respect that he has for them. And he did this to be a living example of what it means to follow Christ, what it means to put others in, ahead of you in front of you. And so for Sherry, 
We run a nonprofit called I Serve Ministries. And everybody sees my face. Everybody sees me in the light. Everybody sees Jeff as the charismatic guy. But behind the scenes is a lady that gives everything. So we could do what we do. And that is a representation of this today. It is not to, not to make light, not to... But as we look at Christ as our example... He humbled Himself to wash His disciples' feet, to become the slave, the servant, the two worst names in the culture at that time. To show and to teach His followers what it means. And that's what we're called to do. A simple gesture of washing somebody's feet to sit there and say, you are important. Everything you do, it doesn't matter your title. It doesn't matter where you started from. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter where you're going. We are to show love and to teach love. And that's what this scripture says. So think about it. In verse 17, now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. All right, so let's not get messed up. Let's not say, hey, we're going to do these things. We're going to wash feet or we're going to take care of these people. So we get part B of the verse. God will bless you for doing them. Right? Let's not get out of context. Right? He's going to bless us. He's already blessed us. If we're a Christ follower, we know where our later days are. You know, the thing, whole thing about Billy Graham, the media made such a big, big ordeal about him being buried in a wooden coffin made in a prison. Right. But come on. Is he going to is that where his end, end game is? No, it doesn't matter. But once again, the media made such a big ordeal about it. But Billy knew all along. He knew the end result. He knew what they would be talking about. He knew what he was supposed to be doing. (sighs) Sorry. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Will you do them? Are you doing them? Why not? What is holding you back? What is holding you back from following this teaching. I have given you an example to follow in verse 15. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. So he's forgiven us. Why are we holding grudges against our family? Why are we holding grudges against our neighbor? He's forgiven us. When we talk about serving... I have done it, so why wouldn't you? Right? 
We're going to look at uh, Matthew 20, 20 through 28. I know it's a, uh, it's a lot. Um, Matthew 20, 20 through 8. 20, uh, then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. What is your request, he asked. She replied, in the kingdom, please let my two sons sit in place of honor next to you. One on your right and one on your left. Hey, she was real humble, right? She was all about serving. Serving who? Herself and her family name, right? That's not the way we need to go about it. Um, But Jesus answered by saying to them, You don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? Once again, we want, the, we want the gratitude. We want the satisfaction. We want the fame. We want all of it that goes along with it. But Jesus very clearly says, hey, are you willing to drink from this bitter cup? And granted, they had no idea what was going to happen. But he tried to lay it, lay it out for them real clear. Are you sure you want to drink from this bitter cup that I'm about to drink from? Oh, yes, they replied. We are able. Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup, but I have no right to say who will sit on the right or my left. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard that James and John had asked, they were indignant. You think they were real happy? You think the other ten were just like, just ready to sing Kumbaya? I don't think so. Because once again, they looked at it as, hey, we're here to serve, and you too, along with your mom, are trying to beat the system. They wanted something in gain for themselves. The opposite that we're going for. But Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and the officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's a lot. That's a big context. But if you go to the, if you go to the, 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 the latter part, Jesus came to serve and give. It doesn't get any simpler than this. There is nothing more refreshing than to meet somebody that has a servant's heart and a giving spirit. We've run into those before, haven't we? You run into them every day? Probably not. Right? Because it takes a lot to be that. It takes a lot to understand that. Is your life like Jesus? Are you here to serve or be served? Are you here to serve or be served? It sounds simple. Bless you. It sounds simple when we put it that way. Are you looking for stardom or celebrity status for serving others? In verse 26 and 27, in verse 26 and 27, but among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you will be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. This Jesus movement is different from the ways of the world. Because in our world today, 
If you're not first, you're what? Last. Right? Who remembers second place? Nobody. Right? We, we really enjoyed the Olympics this past 10 days. Um, the United States finished fourth in 24 events. You want to talk about heartbreak? You trained four years. You trained all your life for the opportunity to stand on a podium. And you become in fourth. That's worse than second, if you think about it, in that scenario. But whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant or slave. And we talked about this when Jesus, about the washing of the feet. The servant and slave are the two lowest jobs that could, you could have in the community. These are forgotten words and a forbidden concept in our current world. Right? Because we want to climb this ladder of success. We want to be that guy. We want to, if, you're, if you like sports, you want to be the goat now. Nobody wanted to be the goat before because that means you weren't good. But now they've transformed into goat, the greatest of all time. Right? There's only one greatest of all time. And that's God. That's the King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. There is only one. But this is a for, these are forgotten words and a forbidden concept in our current world. Do you think the church is here to serve and cater to you? Right? So really think about that. Right? Because the church is here to serve the community. We're here to be a lighthouse. We're here to show the world what it means to be a follower of Christ. And in the next scripture we're going to look at is Philippians 2, 3 through 5. And this is a tough one. The very first words are really tough in today's society. So Philippians 2, 3 through 5. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for own don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Hmm. So when I get the opportunity to come up here and preach, um, I get like way excited. I don't know if you played sports growing up or did theater or, or, or if you got anxiety or, or when you took a test. Uh, but for me, uh, even when I coached sports, I mean, like, I was like on a high. Like, I just, I get so excited and so pumped up. Um, and, and, and I don't know if you'd call it passion or craziness. Uh, some people would say other things. Um, but the passion and, and the desire that I have that to be used by, by the one true king is, is out of control for me. And Sherry and I were sitting down this week and, and talking. Um, some of y'all know my story. And uh, I didn't grow up in church. I, I, I was lost. Um, I didn't understand. I was a smart kid, but didn't understand. And, and we were just sitting there talking, and I don't remember. And this goes, this, this goes about passion, and we should have passion, because don't be selfish and, and think of others as, as more than us. And, but I sit there and think back in high school, went to a large high school, and I didn't know anybody that went to a youth group. I didn't. Nobody shared with me. 
And, and we were talking about, and I guess that's why I'm so passionate about telling others about Jesus and, and living a crazy life and, and being sold out for Jesus and, and doing things for the kingdom. Because I don't want anyone ever to be where I was at. Because I didn't understand it. Like, I get an opportunity to teach the youth here at Cornerstone. And, and on Sunday nights, we just come. That's what we do. But I didn't understand it growing up. Nobody told me that people were going to something on Wednesday night or Sunday. I didn't understand it. And she goes, Jeff, but I think about it 180 degrees different. I didn't know anybody that didn't go. Now, what a stark difference in her mind because her family made it a priority had passion for it she didn't know anybody that didn't go my lost family i didn't know anybody that didn't go and when we think about these words in philippians 2 3 through 5 and we when we bring it all back together for serving don't be selfish try to don't try to impress others others be humble thinking of others better than yourselves don't look out for your only interest, but take interest in others as well. Hmm. Right? What would it look like if every member of the church has a passion for serving others in the community? What would that look like? If every member of the church whether it's Cornerstone Church, whether it's Galilee, whether it's Jefferson Church, whether it's Outpost 129, whether it's Pioneer Community Church in Utah. Boy, it doesn't matter. You can put any name you want to put to it. What would happen if we had so much passion about serving others just because we love them and we want the best for them? What would our community look like? That's the question. That's the question where we're at. Verse 5, do, the same, do you have the same attitude that Christ had, has? What does your planner, what is your checkbook, what does your social media say about you and your passions? So think about that. Right? Because our passions should be serving others. Our passions should be humanity. Our passions should be making sure no one goes to hell. Because we should be serving others. We should be serving others. What are we teaching the next generation? Right? Because if we look at our, our calendars, we got stuff jam-packed in there. We don't know how we're going to do it. Sometimes we've got to have three cars, so mom and dad can drive one, and then the AI can the artificial intelligence can drive the third one because we just don't have enough hands and feet and people to get people where they need to be. Right? I'm sure that's how some of y'all's planners look. And I'm not saying that's wrong. But I'm saying, uh, are, is that a distraction that's keeping you from washing somebody's feet? Is that keeping you from putting someone else above you? Because we can't stop and talk to this person right here that's hurting because, oh man, in 10 minutes I've got to be at lunch. Right? Sorry. I got to go. Right? Are we doing that? As Christ followers, we're here on Sunday. We love Jesus. We love the community. But I can't help you 
because I got other stuff to do. Does that make sense? We can shake our head, yeah, but it shouldn't make sense. Right? Because we should be right here, sitting down, hugging on them, praying with them, and not worried about what time it is. Not worried about where we got to go. That's what we're missing. I got to speed up. Lunch is calling. Don't want to hurt anyone's feelings today. Um, Galatians 5.13. Galatians 5.13. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Last part. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Right? We have more technology today. I'm sure when Billy passed this week, he was like, Lord, just take me. I don't understand all this junk that's going on. Right? I mean, just think, 99 years. What he's seen in 1918 to 2018. Just think of that. I mean, that is such a spectrum and not all for good. Right? Because if we look at this verse, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Right? Because it's a fight every day. It should be a fight every day. And who's winning the fight? Jesus or sin? Right? Same thing with serving. Who's winning the fight? Not serving or serving us or serving others. So really think about that. And this is where it gets to me, just like the song we were singing. um, Not growing up in a church home. um, Not understanding. Um all of it, and coming to to know the Lord late in my life, um, and being a train wreck, still a train wreck. Um, These words, when I was preparing, these words are just, they just echo in my head all day. How much did Christ give so we can have that freedom, right? How much did Christ give He gave everything, everything, life, death, comfort, reputation, freedom. He gave it all for a sinner like me. Just think of that. Just think of it. If you have children of your own, what have you given to make sure in the best of your hopes, that your child is taken care of, that your child isn't struggling with addiction, your child isn't struggling with self-worth, your child isn't struggling with whatever, dot, 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 dot. These words just resonate in my head that He gave it all. Not a little bit. He didn't tip. He didn't give what was left over. He didn't eat half and give the other half. 
He gave it all. So why are we so reluctant to serve others? How much are you willing to give to put others before you and your wants? We are here to serve the Lord and others with gladness. These words right here. Ministry should be an opportunity not an obligation. Okay? We could take ministry and we could put serving, we could put worshiping, we could put many different words in that ministry, but ministry should be an opportunity, not an obligation. Right? Opportunity. Opportunity to love on somebody. Opportunity to share the good news. Opportunity to cry. Opportunity to smile. Opportunity to dance. Opportunity to pray. Opportunity to come alongside of. Opportunity for accountability. Opportunity to pay their rent. Opportunity to feed them. Opportunity to hug them. Dot, dot, dot. We're called to serve. We are called to serve. As we tie all this back together this morning, what examples are you following for serving? What examples are you giving your kids for serving? What examples are you giving the students you teach about serving? And maybe it's flipped. What examples are you giving maybe your parents about serving? What examples are you giving your grandparents about serving? Right? Because we always look at us teaching our kids. But maybe sometimes we need to teach the parent, teach the uncle. Where must we increase? Where must he increase and you decrease to make this a reality? What are some tangible things that you can do today to make a difference? Right? Because if we hear this, and this is great, good, good, good scripture, awesome, it resonates with us, we get up, walk out those doors, and it sits under our seat of our car, did it really make a difference? So that's what we've got to think about. What are some tangible things? Are you serving or being served? We go back to Billy Graham. What legacy are you leaving? He had a funeral procession 130 miles to his hometown. Everybody stopped to catch a glimpse. What does that say? If you passed today and you lived 130 miles from your home, I'll use my buddy Rusty. I love Rusty to death. If Rusty passed and had a funeral procession for 130 miles, would it be eight deep on the side of the road to see Rusty? 
I don't know. Our time isn't done yet. And that's what we have to look forward to. Your time's not done. Last time I checked in the Bible, nowhere it says there was an age limit on serving. There is not an age limit on serving. 65 and you're getting your Social Security, or 60, whatever it is. It won't be there when I get there. Did that just come out? Lord, forgive me. Nowhere in the Bible does it say when I get the opportunity to retire from work that I'm retired from serving. We have to realize that. We have to start a new trend in the right direction. We have to make these forbidden and forgotten words a reality. We have to make this forbidden and and forgotten concept the new norm. If not, we see what's happening in the world. Right? We take the school shooting down in, in, in South Florida. Right? First people there were Christ follower counselors. Because that's what they're called to do is serve. Serve the community. If there's a natural disaster, Christ followers are the first ones there. But guess what? That's a small portion of us that call ourselves Christ followers. And maybe we're not able to travel at a drop of a dime to South Florida. But guess what? You're able to travel to Publix. You're able to travel to the local daycare. You're able to travel to the school that's understaffed. Right, teachers? You're able to buy supplies and make a donation. There's a million different ways for us to serve our community. And we have the examples, these scriptures that we have. And, and, the, and the funny thing is, um, you know, obviously the, the Gospels, they all have the, the, you know, the same kind of stories. But Mark 10 and, and Luke 22, it's the same story. But the mom's left out and it's just the two sons that are sitting there saying, hey, I want to sit next to the, to the throne. But as you go out this week, What is your passion for? How can you serve somebody else just because? They might not look like you. They might not dress like you. They might not talk like you. They might not smell like you. They might not do anything like you. And you're called to serve them. And you're called to serve them with a joyous heart. Think about that as you go out. And for the young students, as you're in school, how can you serve your teacher? That's foreign in the world today. How can you serve your teacher? How can you be an example for the other 28 kids in class that you're doing something different? Ricky, you want to come up? So as, as, we, as we bring it all back together and as we, as we think about it, how do we serve others more and serve ourselves less? How do we use the example of washing feet? How do we use the example 
of Jesus gave it all. How do we use the example of we have freedom, but let's use our freedom for, to help others, not just to help ourselves. I tell you, Father, Lord, we thank you for today. Lord, I pray that these, these words, Lord, just penetrate the heart. Lord, they're just words. But Lord, they would stir something inside of us. Lord, that they would change our mindset. Lord, they would change the outlook on the community. Lord, maybe one person serving is not going to change the world. But maybe that one person touches someone else and now we got two people serving. And then those two people touch someone and we got four people serving. Four to eight. Eight to, 12, eight to 16, 16 to 32, 32 to 64, 128, 256. Lord, let the awakening start today. Lord, let the serving revival start today right here in Jackson County. Lord, we don't have all the answers, but you do. Lord, you have the roadmap for us. We just got to dive into it daily to seek the wisdom and guidance that it has for us. Lord, give us wisdom. Lord, give us strength. Give us courage. To stop doing the same thing. Lord, let Cornerstone be this lighthouse in the community. Lord, that we would be known as a serving church. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we love you. And more importantly, Lord, thank you for loving us as we struggle. Lord, show us the way. Guide us and direct us. We love you and we praise you. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.